All right, guys, season two, episode four of the Spoken Podcast. I am here today with Nick Connolly from Connolly & Co. PTY LTD, which we will discuss a little bit oh, yes. later on as well, which is fantastic. Mate, thank you for having me in your shop. Hey, uh, no problem. Uh, I guess uh, it's a long time coming. hundred uh, percent. We have gone back and forth in trying to find a time that uh, we're both available. And we are terrible. Yeah. We are both terrible, aren't we? It's just too busy. <laughs> and we've just got nope. I've even turned up with a sinus infection in case everyone's <laughs> like, what the hell is wrong with his voice? Um, but no, honestly, mate, I know things are changing. Um, we were just talking about obviously your business hours and stuff like that as well, which is fantastic. So thank you so much for having me here. Now to do our little icebreaker, we've changed it up today. Instead of the five songs, we've gone for... Yeah, well, I like to be honest, I don't really listen to music um i find music is more of a mood yeah you know so i can't give you five songs <laughs> yeah because i guess you know like moods change and you 100%. know different different music i guess it's a bit of a vibe um but for me it's uh i'd say books yeah you know? cool. i like to read and listen to books um so i've got a few books there like i feel will, will help you know, guys who are kind of getting into, I guess, if you want to get into that hustle vibe, but also that kind of like that, that mindset of not just being a barber and not just working nine to five. Um, the first one that I personally um, was the one that I listened to and read was um, The Alchemist. Yeah, you cool. Know? The Alchemist was basically um, you can achieve anything you want to do in your life and there's no limitations. And then um, there's another book called The Richest Man in Babylon. Uh, that's a story about um, about a slave who becomes basically like a king. And in his adventures, he talks about um, basically the principle of money. Um, and basically, he always says, you know, make sure you pay yourself first. You know. And then there's um, there's another book, uh, Think and Grow Rich. And that basically is basically what you say and what you think is what you are and what you do. So basically, if you keep telling yourself you're poor, you're sick, mm. you're broke, you're struggling, guess what's going to happen? You're going to be poor, sick, and you're going to struggle. Um, the fourth book, I guess it's um, How to Win Friends and Influences. You know, so basically that book is about um, people, you know, people skills. If you want to attract the right people, then you've got to be this similar kind of person. Um, and I guess um, another book of mine was, there's, uh, it's called Mastery. And basically it's mastering like your, your talents and niching yourself. So for example, um, there are a lot of barbers out there and I wanted to capture the more the barbers are the clients with beards. So hence why my logo is me with my glasses and a big beard. And also what I wrote down the bottom of my cards is male stylist slash beardologist. So that kind of, that strict, that, that there just right by writing beardologist, basically I attract 80% of my clients have beards. Yeah. Now that also comes with my prices being $10-$15 more because they're also getting a haircut and a beard which also adds 
be it products, be it balms, be it oils, be it shampoos, be it conditioners. So that's so you've also automatically got another add-on, another service. So that book's called Mastery. Interesting. So yeah, so the other probably my five books yeah. that just on top of my head. I haven't. That's you know, awesome. Yeah, they're they're really interesting. I mean, a couple of them even flicked for me there, especially the Pay Yourself First. Very very interesting. I think we might have to put a little link in here, Pete, about those books and stuff like that, yeah. so people can get into them. Um, that's one thing I've started doing this year is reading more books. Like well, definitely yeah. try into. It's I I find the concept reading. It's not about reading the book. It's actually trying to find time to yourself to mm. sit down. Absolutely. Because we're we're constantly trying to multitask. We're trying to do four or five things at once, but then we end up doing half-assed things and then we forget what we're doing. So basically, reading a book, it's not about reading the book. It's about finding the time to sit down and concentrate on one thing at a time. So, and, you know, when you're reading a book, you can't text, you can't watch TV. Yeah, exactly. You know, you can't run. You've literally got to sit your ass down and concentrate on a book. Now, sometimes people say, we've got no time in the day or, you know, I'm too busy. Well, I guess if you take take out the two, three hours a night you're watching TV and you sit down and read a book, even to do chapter by chapter, what I used to find, I used to read a book in between my ads if I was watching TV. And then I slowly started reading, like, oh, I'll do five pages a night. Don't put too much pressure on yourself by reading the book. You don't, the book, it's not a race. The book might take you three months. You know, to be honest, when I started hairdressing, it took me six years to get qualified and it's a four year um, apprenticeship. So I didn't give up, you know, I've got reading and writing difficulties, you know, like I used to have a reader writer help me out through high school. I don't understand the questions when I'm reading. So I found for me, it was all about explaining. If you explain how to do something, when you show me how to do something, I will pick it up straight away. But if you tell me to read read the question, I won't, I won't understand what the question means. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, so I feel it's not a race, you know? Yeah. That's a very good point, actually, because you, I mean, the classic excuses, isn't it? It's always like, I don't have enough time, but I think I definitely had the mindset. I don't know if this is from school or not, but it was like, if I had a book, I had to read it like then. Well, yeah. <laughs> and, and let's be honest, books in high school, it wasn't us to choose. Yeah, exactly. We were, I, I always thought that I hated reading books, mm. but it was because I wasn't reading the books that I wanted to read. Yeah. You know, it was storybooks. And I don't like storybooks. Personally, I'd rather watch a movie. Yeah. You know, I want to watch, I want to watch entertainment. But when I'm reading a book, I like, it's about knowledge. It's about understanding um, how, like, you know, it's, it's, it's wisdom. Yeah. You know, you're literally reading the words. For me, it's, um, it's more like, you know, like Tony Robbins or more like, um, there's a John C. Maxwell. He talks about the 12 values of life um, or and how to be a leader. There's Simon Sinek, you know, um, like the question is why. Yeah, exactly. Or another book, um, Why Eaters, uh, Leaders Eat Last. These these are the books I like to read because uh, I'm learning, you know, and I feel like if I'm learning, then I'm more interested in the book. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. Absolutely. That's very interesting. That's good. That's a good icebreaker, eh? That's a great <laughs> icebreaker. I love that. People are going to be like, ooh, I never would have thought that. I reckon that's very interesting. Well, well let's, let's be honest. Being a barber is not about cutting hair. It's a business. Yeah. And it's a customer service business. So I can teach a monkey how to cut hair. It's not hard. It's about angles, you know. But 
to actually get your client to fall in love with you and, and you giving a shit. And it's about customer service. It's not about how long the haircut takes. It's how your client feels when they leave your barbershop. Love it. Yeah. So that's, I have a good thing to cut to that as well. So when I first met Nick, which I told you last time, yeah, <laughs> which is hilarious. So I first met Nick a long time ago when I had very long hair slicked back. My brother, who I've mentioned on here before, Rob, he always used to say to me, he was like, oh, let's go and see the sexy guy who cuts our hair, right? <laughs> which was Nick. So I remember getting my hair cut from Nick and it was very much like you were the only place open on a Sunday. Yeah. And it was just yourself in the shop. Yay, me. Um, I know. <laughs> living, yeah. the dream, uh, living the dream. And we were like, we used to drive about 30 minutes to get our hair cut from you, which at the time I thought like, what the hell are we driving 30 minutes for? But you used to cut our hair perfectly. And it was just like, oh yeah, we'll go there. It always felt like, do you want a beer? Do you want this? Do you want that? Like the service and everything was really like, and that's why we remembered. And I kept on, I remember you saying to me, you were like, oh, you should open up a barber college because we had the hair college at the time. And I was like, oh, I don't know, we don't really know that many people in barbering, blah, 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 and stuff like this. Two years later, Burned. we owned a barber college. Yeah, yeah, um, and then we connected again, which yeah, was hilarious. Yeah. So, and it was just by, just by fate. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, it was cool. So, so yeah. funny. But obviously, Nick's had Josh come through us as well. His certificate's up on the wall, which is amazing. I love that. Um, and yeah, he's absolutely smashing it as well in store. So we'll go back. <laughs> Tell us how you got into this amazing industry, right? Tell us how you got into the hair industry. Okay, it's very um, interesting. Um, so it started when I was 17. Uh, 17, I was, uh, this is in New Zealand. Um, yeah, New Zealand, Christchurch. I was sitting down and I was having coffee with my mates. There's like three of us mates. Now this is this is this is the true story and <laughs> there's no judgment here. So we were opposite um, a hair salon, like a hairdressing academy. And it must have been their lunchtime. And like, I mean it was like sixty girls just walking out and they were hot. <laughs> you know, sixty hot chicks just walking out of this academy, hairdressing academy. And I said to my mate, What's that? He goes, Oh, it's the hairdressing academy and they're all the students here. And I said, I'm going to go there, eh? I'm, <laughs> I'm signing out to be a hairdresser, eh? I said, because, you know, like, look at those women, they're stunning, you know? So I, I went there and I signed up the next day. And I said to the, you know, to the, um, to the teachers, I don't know how to get here. And they said, and that's why you're here. Yeah. You know, and that was kind of dawned on, dawned on me. Like, I kind of clicked, like, you know, you're right. Like, sometimes we, we initially, we want to do something, but we don't know how to do it. And that's why we do courses and that's why you learn and study to understand how it works, you know. So long story short, um, I was a a hairdresser for about 10 10 years and I worked in a, my first job was actually uh, in this real high, high, I'd say boutique salon. Now I was in town, I went up to them and I said, hey, can I get a job here? And they said, oh, you've got any experience, but no, I'm I'm just, uh, I'm just learning to, to be a hairdresser. This academy, and I said, probably like two months into it. It was like a nine-month course. They said, come back when you finish your course. So I was kind of gutted because we needed to get experience in a, in a salon. So I went back a week later, and I said, how about I work volunteer after my course? You know. So they had a late night, and they also worked Saturdays. So they worked Tuesday to Saturday. Late night was nine to nine on a Thursday. 
So every Thursday, I would, I would come straight away after after my course. It took me about 20 minutes to get there. And I would work till, till close. And then I would work Saturdays uh, for free. I did that for nine months. And then obviously, with them training me up and taking me on their work dues and building a rapport with the staff and the boss and the clients, they weren't going to turn me down afterwards. So then I got a full-time job straight away after my course. And this is one of the... This is one of the, I'd say, one of the best salons in New Zealand. We won awards for Weller. We did, um, I basically learned all my kind of customer skills in the shop. We we were, we were learned how to, you know, do catwalks, uh, big weddings, fashion shows, but also had fun at work. Then we all each appreciated each and every one of our stylists. You know, we're all kind of different and we all bring different different things to the team. So I found like that was a great start off. I was going to say what a, what a learning curve, you mm. know what I mean? What a place to learn. Yeah. That's amazing. I got chucked into uh, to a salon where I was the youngest, most tattooist boy. I was you know 17, 18. and I was dealing with clients who were like 30, 40, 50, 60 years old, and these guys were like judges, all blacks, black caps. Um, their their wives were you know renowned. You know they're, they're pretty. This is like elite kind of clients going to this and you know I'm, I'm, this is again this is like 17 years ago charging like $50 for a men's cup you know and like 120 for a woman's cup you know this is like the starting point so that was that was my standard you know I, I didn't know any less so it was utmost you know customer service because if you're paying big money you expect you know that kind of customer service you know? absolutely so like you know like if clients are waiting for a for a color they were getting a cheese board platter and a glass of wine you know and that's how we that, that that's basically how i learned and that was that was my starting point that's amazing uh, what do you here's a question for you say for example you never would have got your volunteer work there and yep. you went into another salon do you think we'd be sitting here I don't think so, mm. because the standard and for me, I was surrounded by makeup artists, fashion designers. You know, I travelled around New Zealand. I was in magazines for L'Oreal, Kerasas. Like the limit was 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 there was no limitation to what you could do being a hairdresser or a barber. When you're treat when you're a hairdresser and you walk into a fashion show you're you're pretty high up there you mm. know like you're with this you're with the fashion designers you're with the makeup artists and the funny thing is when i was younger I, i'd always assume that the models were the ones who you know who are top but they yeah were, they're just the canvas yeah absolutely you know and it really opened my eyes up to a world that i, I was never in you know just with the with the fashion and oh it's, it's amazing so I, I don't know, I never lowered my standard. Yeah. You know, and, and I'm grateful where I worked. But to be honest, I wouldn't have got that job if I didn't sacrifice a bit of my time too. Ex you know? That's what I was going to say. Exactly. Yeah. It's like you you put yourself in that position. Yeah, yeah. You know I, I mean? wanted yeah. it. And instead of just going, ah, oh, well, then I'll wait till the end of my course. I said, no, well, I'll give you a bit of me if you give me a bit of you. You know? Absolutely. And, and, and that's what it takes, you know? Yeah. If you want to kind of achieve, you know, sometimes you're gonna sacrifice a bit of yourself. Yeah. You know, but you gotta think big picture. If I didn't work there, I wouldn't be where I am today. 
you know, like the standard. Yeah, I love that. Like, that's yeah. cool. It's it's very interesting, isn't it? Like, because as you said, the amount of people who probably would have gone, ah, oh, sweet, I can't be asked then. Yeah. And they would have just panned in their course, everything. They would have just gone, nah, don't worry about it. It's like, I'm done. Yeah, I think it, I can relate to that a lot. Nick, like I went to hair festival three weeks ago, I think it was. And I was like blown away. I was like, yeah, okay. This is why we're in this industry. Yeah. Like I was like, wow. It's fun. Oh, so fun. Yeah, yeah. I was like, it's wild and probably why I'm still recovering. Um, but yeah, it was absolutely amazing. And I was like, how cool. Like you were saying, like the catwalk, the, the fashion around it, like the actual skill on people as well. And like you said, you're surrounding yourself with people like that. So it's yeah. it's only gonna reflect on you as well, isn't it? Well, so I I give props to my uh, to my boss back home. She's my mentor, and basically, she would she would take us to these events, fashion shows, um, any seminars about teaching or like growing as a person in the art of barbering or hairdressing. You know, she would pay for it. She wouldn't she wouldn't question it. Yeah. I was like, hey, I want to learn, you know, balayage. There was a lawyer doing a course in balayage. She would pay for it. You know, over the years, she probably spent a good fifteen grand on me. Um, with upskilling who I am today. Mm. You know, she would literally take us on retreats. We had 20 staff and she would take us on like a two night retreat, um, like team team bonding experiences, you know, like a company was called Fire and Ice. This is in New Zealand. And literally like, it's still, it still gets me this day on. Like when you have like different staff in your team, you know, like, you should appreciate every each, each and each and every one of them because they all bring something that you might not have. Yeah, absolutely. Into the, into the team. Absolutely. Know? I mean, it, you. I think you will see this, but I can definitely see that reflected in your team. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I can. It now makes sense what you're telling me about how you started. I'm like, oh yeah, this yeah, makes complete yeah. sense as to why yeah. this is working so well. Yeah. You know what I mean? So that's awesome. But, and then, so when did you transition from hair? into kind of men's styling. Okay, so that's another funny story. So <laughs> I, was in a, I was in a salon yeah, and I was the only guy. 20 girls, me, we had a gay guy, but I, you know, for me, he still had that kind of like, you know, the feminine aspects. So I was the male, straight male in the salon. And I gravitated to a lot of the men clients, you know. Now, well, being in a salon, and let's be honest, if you're in a salon, Men are only there to fill in the gaps with all the colors. Um, but I seen a niche. I seen a niche in there that, you know, this is like, you know, 15 years ago, there were no barbershops around. They, they were, but they're all old men yeah. who were cutting. And there was no money. They were charging like 15 bucks haircut. We were charging like 50, you know, for men's cut. So I, I, I keep getting all these men clients in. And I was like, well, I'm, I'm not going to be able to hit my bonuses and stuff. And, you know, men back then were booking in every six to eight, ten weeks. Yeah. So what I came up with the idea with, I said to them, how about, how about I do an upkeep service? So if you come back within three to four weeks, in between your haircut, we'll do a half-price haircut. And that will just be the lineups and, you know, and just a big tidy up. It would take me about 15 minutes to do. So these guys are, hey, I'm keen to come in and just get the touch up around the neck and do the sideburns. So then, so they started booking in, um, in between like four weeks. So then gradually my clientele got bigger and bigger because the guys keep coming in more often and more often. And then literally 
I was getting booked out two, three weeks in advance with just men's cuts because they wanted to come in for that maintenance haircut in between. Yeah, it's crazy. They thought they were, you know, like they're obviously looking, their haircut's looking better. Instead of dragging out six to eight weeks, yeah. they were coming in every two, three weeks very for maintenance. Very, very interesting, that is. Yeah. I love that. That's yeah. really cool. Yeah. So like, that's why I, I, I assume that. And then I I knew that there was there needed to be more of a niche with men. You know, like, we were going to these salons getting haircuts, but the women weren't understanding and of, like, you know, of what we wanted. Like, I feel like some of the women were just like, you know, oh, it's just a men's cut, you know, next, next. But for us guys... It's, we struggle to kind of tell a woman how we, how we want our head to look because we don't want to sound too cocky or too arrogant, you know. But I like that. I like when a guy tells me, man, I want like this, this, this. Because that makes my job easier. Yeah, exactly. I know what he wants. Yeah. You know, so I have the most fussiest clients in Gold Coast. <laughs> I'm saying Australia. I have guys who come in weekly. Guys who come it. in weekly who pay $50 a haircut. They come in every week. Um so a lot of my clients come in fortnightly or every three weeks. But yeah, most of them come in, yeah, I would say 10 days. Yeah. And so for me, getting into the, the, the barbering side of things, um, I've actually got allergic to all the colors in, in, um, in hairdressing. So the chemicals, I got a reaction and I was put in hospital. And my doctors said to me, you can't continue hairdressing because it's going to kill you because I got chemical poisoning. Wow. Yeah, so I had to literally stop hairdressing, but I wanted to maintain that kind of service, that upbeat, high-end service. So I started, you know, I wanted to learn the art of barbering. At the start, I was like, a lot of hairdressers, you know, like barbering is pretty easy, you know, like just cut hair and stuff. But then I actually learned the art of, you know, like the bone structure, the face shape, the hair density, you know, like um, the fades, different techniques. And then I really fell in love with barbering. You know, and it's funny because we look at barbering as such a tough, manly kind of fucking industry covered in tats, you know, like big beards. But in the day, we're fucking playing with grown ass man's hair. Yeah. You know, and it, and it, you can literally break down their layers and, and, and their walls by just asking them questions about how their day is and how you feel. You know, and a lot of these clients, you know, I guess they come back to me all the time because they're kind of self-reflecting themselves in the mirror. I'm asking the questions and they're literally talking to themselves in the mirror and actually answering them. So yeah. I, I find it, the the cut is one aspect of barbering, yep. but it comes down to actually being a friend and actually, you know, they look forward to getting a haircut. You know, we might cut hair every day, but for them, they've waited two, three, four, five, six weeks. And sometimes they just want to be heard and other times they just need a fresh start. One thing I know I'm finding a lot now is I think a lot of successful barbers have come from hairdressing. Yeah. Like, I don't know if it's because, like we spoke about before we started the podcast, whether it is that that salon environment, it's the, the respect for the products, your clients, because that is literally the money coming in. Um, like, that's the business, isn't it? You know um, what I mean? Yeah, I, I feel like you're bang on. Um, and it's not necessary because they're hairdressers that they're better than barbers. I feel like it takes four years and, you know, the first couple of years, you don't even get to touch clippers or scissors when you're hairdressing. You're literally um, sweeping the floors and you're washing hair and you have to earn the right 
to have your own clientele. And also, I find if, if uh, in the barbering world, if you're an apprentice, you would struggle a lot to find someone to mentor you. Because in the barbering world, you only make money when you're cutting hair. Yeah, exactly. You know? Exactly. Um, so a lot of these mentors, a lot of these barbers don't want to take on apprentice, um, um, an apprentice because you're not going to be making money for them and then their time is taken away trying to teach you. So I find in hairdressing it's a bit easier because uh, if you're an apprentice, well, you've got like five or six stylists who need clients hair washed or you're doing perms or you're doing colours. So there's a lot more things that apprentice can do for the stylist to make money. But in the barbering world, you can't really assist the, the barber to, can I put product in your client's yeah, hair? exactly. You know, can I wash your client's hair? You know, you can check them out, you know, like at the end of the service, but that's basically it. So if you want to become, I find like a, a better stylist, like a better barber, like, like what, what I look in, when I'm looking at staff, or even an, a new apprentice, they tell me, oh, I've always wanted to be a barber, you know. I ask them, so what have you done, you know, to make yourself, uh, like, if you even um, if you enjoy it? Like, do you go on YouTube? Have you bought a pair of clippers? Have you started cutting your friends here? If you haven't done any of those steps, and you've just basically jumped into a course to see if you like it, tells me that you're not using your initiative and you're, you're willing to just go, oh, well, you know, I'll do a course first. Well, what if you do the course and you don't like it? Yeah, exactly. A hundred percent. hundred percent. So that's what I look into when I'm looking at hiring apprentices. Um, and I feel like, you know, like anyone out there can, can be an amazing barber, but you just got to think of it. It's, it's, it's not a job. It's, it's a lifestyle. You know, like I used to work with many barbers in, in the past. And I used to run Tommy Guns. I've ran a lot of barbershops. And the one thing that, you know, that, that I, I've noticed, a lot of these barbers are talking about what they've done on the weekends or they're waiting for the next break or they're talking amongst themselves and not actually the client themselves. The client's the one who's paying your wage, you know, and if you keep looking forward to the weekend, well, the days is going to drag on. So you could literally you know, make friends with your clients, get them back more often, talk to them about their, their weekend, and actually add them on social media, get to know what they're doing in their life, so then you can conversate when they come in, about, hey, that was an awesome wedding you went to. Oh, I just seen you um, you proposed to your wife, or to your fiance, great. Or oh, how was your holiday? Oh, you just had a kid, a kid. You know, actually get to know your, your, your clientele and you won't feel like work you'll feel like having a chat to your, to your mate. It's also vice versa, isn't it? Like the, the client will go, oh, geez, I know he's flat out and he's taking time out of his day to go mm. like, oh, yeah, I seen you at this on the weekend yeah, or yeah. you did this and this and yeah. this. Like, I know some people may think like, I haven't got enough time to scroll through social media and stuff like that. But geez, it makes a difference when they're oh, in the chair. Oh, it, it does. Like, I don't know the biggest flex on social media and especially Instagram, why people don't follow other people. Mm. It's like they have a big flex of having, of they follow no one. Yeah. But everyone follows me. <laughs> yeah. So how is it a fucking flex? <laughs> like, what is your, what is your page like? Yeah, like, exactly. what's your feed like? Is it just empty? 100%. Like, like we, we like to follow our clients on, on our socials, like Colleen and Kai Barbers, because it's our clients that are the ones who are making it entertaining yeah. for us. Absolutely. We're understanding what they're doing and that they're seeing what we're doing. 
you know, like yeah. that's how it should be. <laughs> well, I, I really like it from, I mean, obviously the Barber Academy page and the Hair Academy page, which we follow. I love seeing what the shops yeah. and the salons are doing. Because yep. yep. I'm like, especially as like, I can come in here and go like, oh yeah, I love how the feedback on the jumpers and stuff like that. Like something you didn't brag about or anything. You wore it to the gym once and then everyone's like, can I buy that? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> like, I literally just wore it at the gym and people are like, where do I get one of those? Those yeah. And I was like, what do you mean? Like, this, is this, one, this, is my, this is my work one. <laughs> and they're like, I want one. And I'm like, okay. And then literally, like, I think three days, I, I posted, hey, uh, hoodies are available. Like, we've got 20 orders in yeah. one day. And then people are like, do you do hats and T-shirts? I'm like, I'm a barbershop, not a retail store. <laughs> and they said, well, you know, get some hats in. Yeah. So we got 10 hats in, and then they got sold within like two days. And I've actually got like, you know, so now we started doing pre-orders. Yeah. I've got people harassing me, like, when's your hoodie in? When's the t-shirts back in? When's the caps in? I love it. And I'm like, man, I've got 85 clients a week. Yeah, I'm exactly. trying to do that. Yeah. But yeah, I, I, it comes down to community and support. Yeah. And the guys don't even better eyelid of how much. Not one client's asked me how much it costs. They said, just put on my tab. Yeah. You know? hundred percent it's very interesting that one because we've done apparel since we've started the barber academy and it's like people go oh you must make a fortune off that and i'm like nah i make that purely because people have asked for it yeah, and it's yeah. like it's cool yeah. i i wear it yep, <laughs> like, same, same. It yeah 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 it's so it's like exactly and, and i feel like um some people do things for the wrong, wrong reason like they'll have poor quality t-shirts and mark them up just to sell them to make money yeah you know for me, the hoodies and the t-shirts and the hats are good quality um, products because I wear them myself. Yeah, exactly. You know? And I literally designed them for me. Yeah. I didn't want some cheap, flimsy, you know, t-shirt or something. 100%. You know, and I guess um, the logo represents community. And the funny thing is when I've, I've had clients see other clients out, at the gym or in public and they'll just say hey man yeah you gotta call in code like yeah, yeah. Well, so do i i love that yeah because all like, all our products and you know our hair products or our t-shirts or our apparel it's all in store mm. we don't have an online shop yeah so exactly basically anyone who's wearing one of our hoodies and wearing a hat or t-shirt they're a client of ours yeah and that's know, really cool yeah that is actually really cool yeah interesting <laughs> What here's one completely off? Literally off the top of my head, I've I was like, this. "I've got it." What's your thoughts on the industry at the moment? Oh, okay. <laughs> so my thoughts in the industry right now, I bite my tongue a lot mm. because I see a lot of barbers who try to be rock stars, and they forgot the core value and principle of being a barber. It's not about you; it's about your client. You know. You want your clients to feel amazing in your chair. You are there to serve them. I'm looking at a lot of these barbers' Instagram pages, and all I'm saying, all I'm seeing, is haircuts, haircuts, haircuts. Yes, we know you're a barber, and we know you can cut hair, and you can do a fade. But tell me the story about the client and why do they decide to get their haircut? You know, or Tell me something about the shop or when a client comes and checks your, your page, how do they know that you two are going to get along? Mm. Where's, there's, there's nothing telling me about you. 
telling me about your story. You were just showing us about, yeah, I can do this fade, I can do this haircut. And it's like, yeah, yeah, so, so what? What kind of person are you? Yeah, absolutely. Because the person you are will attract student clientele. And if you're all about just the fade and the lineup, fuck, that gets boring after the 20th haircut I've seen <laughs> scroll down. 100%. You know? Just another skin fade. Yeah. Yep. It's not about that. Mm. Like, yes, hair grows back and we cut it and it grows back. But it, it's about, it's about like, you know, I like to, our business page, we like to show, you know, people, new, new clients and existing clients, what the shop's all about and what we're doing and about the barbers and the people. You know, we have, we have all ages. We, you know, we have a few fair share of kids cuts, new kids. We have adults, teenagers, we have the elderly. Like our range of clientele is not just niched on the, the teen to 20 year olds, you know, because let's be honest, they don't have the money to come in every two weeks, mm. you know. We have the clients in, in our shop and as all community. We focus on locals because this, the thing is we just hit a pandemic and a lot of the client, a lot of the barbers who are hitting the tourism, well, they all closed down because mm. they had no tourism. I focus more on locals and people around my community. I don't need the whole population of Gold Coast. I just need the 1% of people around my area, you know, and that's how we kind of can build a clientele. It's not about what other barbers are doing. It's about what we're kind of delivering to our clientele. So I feel like the industry right, right now, it's kind of just jumped like five or six steps. Mm. And because there wasn't really a market in barbering and there weren't as many barber shops around like six, seven years ago. So then those barber shops just, they went game busters because there wasn't an option. But now I'm finding that there are so many barber, barbers opening up their own barber shops trying to flex their own barbershop where they should be trying to teach and mentor other guys like themselves to be a barber. And, you know, and if we all work together, you'd find it actually be a bit more fun. Mm. Everyone's kind of right now, it's just like no man's land and fuck, it's just like, you know, we're, we're bagging people or we're talking shit about other barbers. We're putting our prices up, but the customer service has dropped dramatically. I go to barbershops and I pretend I'm just a client and I bite my tongue and, and some of the stuff I've seen or yeah. heard. You know, I've I've sat down in a waiting area, not even been welcomed for like 15 minutes. And then by the time I go, hey, can I get a haircut? The guy rudely says, sorry, mate, we're fully booked. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Great, mate. You could have told me that when I walked in. Yeah. You know, and it's just crazy. Like we have an option of like appointments, but we also do walk-ins. We have a lot of clients who come in and they are, oh, I thought this was walk-ins. I'm like, well, we are a walk-in barbershop, but we're fully booked because the people book in. Yeah. You know, like, but we do offer walk-ins, but sorry right now, but our, our barbers are fully booked. But sometimes we try and squeeze them in or sometimes we'll stay late. You know, there are many times that I come and work early to, to fit in my, my clients in there because they're going away or they're flying out or it's a special day. You know, like you don't have to just work the hours that you, that you work. You can you can bend over backwards for clients and I guarantee it will come back to you. Yeah, exactly, exactly. That That's the thing, Nick. 
That is exactly the thing because a lot of people will go, oh, fuck, I'm doing this many hours. But like what you said, it's it comes back, doesn't it? it that client back. will go, when you go, I'm going away. They'll go, yeah, no problem. Yeah, yeah I remember yeah. you did that for me. Yeah. So, yeah, 100%. I'm a big believer in karma. So yeah, yeah. I think that's definitely it. It's funny you mentioned about like the industry and a lot of people bitching about each other and stuff like that. See, I was introduced to hairdressing that way. Yeah. Like I, a lot of people told me hairdressers were like that. My mum, obviously, with her experience. And that was the one thing I loved about barbering when I first started yep. six years ago. Nobody did it. No, there was, it was no backstabbing, it was, nothing. It was cool. Even I was doing other thing. 100%. It was like, if your shop was busy, they'd go, hey, man, sorry, I'm flat out. I think actually you did that to me one yep. Sunday. You were like, look, I'm flat out. The only shop I know on the coast, which is also open today, yep. they're over here. They'll look after you. Sweet. Yep. Not like, don't go there. They'll fuck your hair. Yeah, don't go yeah, there they're yeah. shit he's yeah. shit oh he never learned off so and so and stuff like that and i really hope it's trying to change man well, i really well, hope i don't know if other barbers and other barbershops do that but what we do um for example sometimes we're flat out and i'll see josh struggling he's got maybe he's he's running a bit behind and he's got two clients waiting for him and if i've got a free spot i'll step in mm. and i'll go i'll go up to his client i'm like hey mate Josh is running a bit behind. Come grab a seat. I'm going to do your hair for you. So I'll cut his hair and I'll charge him the same price as Josh charges. Just because, you know, it's not about the money. It's about helping Josh out. And I hope other barbers do that. But I don't really see that going on often. Mm. You know, like we literally share each other's clients. Like if someone else is running behind, the other team will step up and we'll, hey, um, you know, Mac or Josh or I, we're running a bit behind. Would you buy and go into one of them or do you want to wait? And it's up to them. Sometimes yeah. they want to wait, that's cool. We don't mind, but we just want to help and give the client the option of not, maybe they, maybe they've got a meeting or somewhere they're going to go. So sometimes like, I may actually, yeah, I need to go in about 45 minutes. I'll jump on with you. Yeah. But if they don't, then there's no bad blood. We don't mind. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It, it's so frustrating because I just find that common sense. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, uh-huh. And it's so normal for you as well. I know yeah. we've spoken about this so many times before. Um, I really hope it's changing because I think a lot of people think that about education especially has that. Not just barbering or hair. It's like it's always been, even when I used to teach fitness, not that you can tell that I used to do that, but <laughs> back back when I used to teach Put fitness. Put this pizza in my yeah, mouth. <laughs> yeah. What's the best machine in the gym? Vending machine. Um, so yeah, it was like, I, and it always used to be the other colleges would bitch about other colleges and stuff like that. I hate that. Yeah. I hate yeah. that. And I'm really like, it's funny when people ask me about another college and I'm like, oh yeah, sweet. I know the owner. Go and speak to them, blah, yeah. blah, blah. And they, they kind of look at me as if to go like, oh, why would you do that? And I'm like, oh, there's plenty. How many people are on the Gold Coast? Yeah. Like how many people are in Brisbane and stuff like that? Exactly what you said about you just want to work in your community. Yeah. If you if you can offer, like, uh, I, I'm guessing like, you know, as much as you can and you can do as much as you, you do and help then i have no problem recommending a client somewhere else because i've got that most confidence that i've done nothing wrong yeah they're gonna find no flaw in me so i wouldn't even i wouldn't even care if a barber shop opened right next to me mm. it doesn't bother me because i am that confident when you come see us that you won't want to leave yeah so, you know, and, and I find like people who are confident with their business and know that they're on their, they're on their core values or they're aligned with their purpose, they're not worried about any other barbershop or salon or academy. 
because they know what they what they deliver is like you know is is one hundred percent customer service. I mean, a very wise person once told me Mac doesn't worry about what Windows do. Yeah. You know what I mean? Hundred percent. And I I always say that to yeah. everyone. It's like the moment when you start going, oh, I wonder what they're doing. I wonder what they're doing. Blah, 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 takes you, away from this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and, and literally, like I worked in a in a garage like you know for like two and a half years to build up a clientele mm. and i had a bit of a sense of insecurity you know like it was hot we had no air con um you know i was in a, i was in a silver garage you know but i didn't realize like no one cared yeah you know like, all my clients loved coming in. yeah i've got clients who prefer the garage to my yeah. shop like oh, i miss yeah. the garage days yeah. and i'm like what <laughs> we have air con it's like 10 times bigger yeah, than the garage 100 percent but I, I guess, you know, when we were young, like, guys, like our first parties were in the garage. Yeah. Drinking beer, listening to music. 100%. You know, and I feel like um, when I started off working in the garage, it wasn't it wasn't about that. It was just trying to build a clientele up. And, and instead, it was like I was doing half the street and half the neighborhood. Yeah. Uh, the amount of people who would beep, who would drive past. I love it. You know, it was, it was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. And a lot of people now... Um, go, oh, you're that guy from Miami, you know, opposite Miami Primary School. Yeah. In the garage. I'm like, yeah, it's me. Like, yeah. I was wondering where you went. I was like, well, here I am. Yeah, I know. Here I am, guys. <laughs> got a shot, you know. <laughs> I love it. That's It's such a cool story. I mean, that, that was one of the reasons why I really wanted to do this podcast with you. Because I don't know. And again, I say this all the time when I do podcasts with people. It's like, I still don't think people understand that the kind of like the grind that you went yeah. through. You well, know what well, I mean? Well, I... I can be, I'll tell you, this is a, how I got here. And we'll do this real quick. Yeah. Okay. So I started out, when I first moved here seven years ago, I was working um, in a few shops, started in Broadbeach. And then I got, I got, I ended up getting an opportunity to work at Tommy Guns. So I was the head barber and I was in charge of training the staff up. So it was brand new, you know, we just opened up the pack for you. And I was working Tuesday to Saturday. And I was flat stick, you know, like I was new here on the coast. Um, I trained up all the staff. Now, mind you, they're all females. I had to train all female ex-hedrises to be barbers. So that was a challenge on its own, teaching them how to cut through and doing fades. Within, I had two weeks to train them up before we opened up the shop. What I did, um, any quiet time we had in the shop when we first opened up, I would go around and I would say hello to all the all the staff working in pack for you. Now, because those are the people who are there every day. So, you know, we weren't looking at tourism. I was looking at the, the people who worked in the mall, okay? So what happened, I initially got busy and busier and busier. By about, about six to nine months later, um, I was a two to three hour wait to see me at Tommy Guns. I was burnt out, working five days a week. And I I wasn't enjoying it anymore. So I talked I talk to my boss, he owned five of the, um, the shops. And I said to him, now, if I can make you the same amount of money in four days than five, I want to be paid for five days. Now, he looked at me and goes, well, if you can make me the same amount of money that you make in five days and four days, I'll happily pay you for five days. So then I switched up my, my tactics. I started working the busy days at work and I worked four days. So I sacrificed my weekends. So I would work Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Mm. And they are the four busiest days that I found in the shopping center, which meant that I was constantly busy. 
but that meant I was getting paid time and a half on Saturday and double time on Sunday. So then I was still making the same amount of money um, working four days than five. So initially, working four days a week, it actually gave me a bit of time for myself. So I had Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday off. So, you know, two days is great to have off, but having three, that is a game changer. So that third day, I started reading books. I started thinking about being a, you know, being an entrepreneur, a business. So I was working, I was doing some haircuts after work, you know, doing some cash. That, that made me save some money up. So on a Wednesday, I started working from home. So I started telling my mates, hey, instead of coming to your house after work, how about you come to my house on a Wednesday? So give me, you know, two months and that Wednesday was booked up. So I started getting busier and busier on Wednesdays. So I told my boss, Tommy Guns, hey, now I'm getting pretty busy working from home. Now, how about I just do three days here and, I, and I'm and i gonna start working from home. Now, I wasn't stealing any clients from Tommy Guns. I was only doing my friends mm. and people was. And I openly told them that I was working from home. I wasn't telling my clients at Tommy Guns. Yeah. Okay? So then what I started doing, I started, I started, I told my boss, I'm gonna leave in about two, three months. So if you want to take all my knowledge and everything out of me, let me work the quiet days. So he goes, well, we need to build up our, our quiet days. So then I started working Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday at Tommy Guns. And these are the quiet days, but I, I built up the team and I started showing them what I was, um, basically how to build a clientele up. Um, so basically I'd offer uh, people from home Thursday, Friday, Saturday. You know, from home. So then I started working at Tommy Guns Tuesday, Wednesday. Oh, sorry, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and I was working at home Wednesday nights, Thursdays, Fridays, and Saturdays. Now, within three, four months, I got so busy that I got offered a job at TAFE. You know, TAFE found out. So then TAFE wanted me to work at, um, you know, teaching. So they literally created me a job at TAFE, and I started working at TAFE three days a week um, and working at Tommy Guns, but I was also working from home after after work. Now I burnt myself out. Mm. I did that for six months. Because I was thinking the more work I'm doing, the more money I'm making, crazy, crazy, crazy. Mm. But then I lost touch with my partner. I started burning myself out. I started hating the industry so much. And it comes to a point that I was cracked and I just quit everything. I quit Tommy Guns, I quit TAFE, and then I started focusing on what I like doing. And that was cutting here from home. So I told everyone, I'm going full time from home. And I'm going to back myself up. So initially, you know, like it was it was pretty scary. But the thing is, basically, how I got to that point of being so busy is while I was working part time at home and part time at Tommy Guns, a client once asked me, when are you going to go full time at home? I said, when I get busier. And he goes, well, when's that? Yeah. What's your number? You know? And then I said to him, well, I need to pay rent and I need to, you know, my expenses. He goes to me, work out how much money you need to make a week to, to go full-time from home. Ended up being 25 clients a week I needed to make from home. So within two, three months, I started tracking how many clients I was getting in a week. Now, within a month or two, I started getting like 10, 15, 20. Three months later, I was getting 25 clients a week. Now that could cover my rent, groceries, and a few bills. 
So that that was when the point when I quit all my jobs. Yeah. And then I literally started working from home. And basically I worked from home doing three days a week. Now, I only offered three days a week so I wasn't spreading myself out thin. Once those three days were booked up, I would offer another day and so on, so on, till I was working four days a week. And then I got to the point that I started doing five days a week. Now, within two and a half years, I got to the point I was too busy. And then I realized if I go on holiday, I don't get paid. Mm. So it was it was hard. You don't pay yourself holiday pay. Yeah. So basically what I did, I was like, well, in order to get a bit of freedom, I need to get a shop. Now, this was the perfect time for me, but a lot of people were, you know, were keeping their money close. This was like 2020. Um, basically, Corona hit. A lot of barbershops closed down, a lot of retail closed down because they had no foot traffic, they had no tourism. But I focused on locals. I had all my neighborhood. And fortunately, I was essential. I was a barber. Mm. I had no staff. And basically, I didn't. I, I could work one-on-one with a client. So yeah. basically, I looked at shops. And the shop that I found now, well, this was empty for seven months previous because the, 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 the person in here before me had shut down because of COVID. So I swept this under and I basically, I had tradies all help me out and we built a shop. And then, you know, I got the rent like so cheap because it was empty for <laughs> yeah, seven months. I was going to say, yeah. yeah. And basically now I've got a you know, four year contract and I'm going to buy the building. Like, you know, I've been offered, um, you know, if I want to buy the shop now. So I'm in that position now that I'm actually, instead of leasing, I'm going to purchase my first shop. So going on. So, so prison. So, you know, I didn't know initially what I was getting myself into. I've never fitted out a barbershop. I've never had my own staff or employed my own staff. It was all learning curves. Um, but I wouldn't change a thing. You know, like, who would really do a fit out in December 2020? <laughs> Holy shit. I got the keys. Yeah. December 1st, 2020. And I was like, yeah, I've got the keys. And I had to do a rebuild of the whole shop. I had to find materials. Yeah. I had to find tradies to do it. Because everyone's on holiday. I was going to say, everyone, especially tradies. Yep, yep. Yeah. I didn't know that. Sometimes it's good to be naive and not know things. Yeah. Because you learn what you do. Absolutely. You know? Um, and then having, an, um, then I, I got on Apprentice. So my mate Josh, he has no experience in barbering at start, but I knew that he was a gun salesman and he could chat. He was an ex-car car dealers. So it wasn't about teaching that I came here. He knew how to talk. Yeah. And and to be honest, if you want to get clients on your sign, if they like you, you can get away with murder. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. It's I mean, it's so funny to see how far Josh has come as well. Not funny, I don't think it's the correct term, but it's oh, I, like yeah, it's, it's amazing. Like it is actually amazing, honestly. He's he's Literally doing 40, 50 clients a week. Yeah. And he's booked out most days. And he's been cutting for about 13 months. Yeah. From not knowing how to cut hair at all to now he's booking in recurring clients. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, and I mean, I think that's the difference, Nick. You know what I mean? It's like, and I know you've said this before as well. It's like, yeah, you can say, I can teach you how to cut hair. Not a problem. Because he picked up cutting hair like yeah. that. 
but it's the whole like the the experience the products and stuff like that that has been actually being open and honest with them about your business as well like yeah. i know how you go through your numbers and stuff yeah. like that yeah. that is amazing like we yeah so i literally good. i literally every saturday i sit down here with the staff and we we crack open a beer and we go through our kpis so basically we go through how many clients we had in the shop um, in the shop and each individual barber so we see how many clients they have how many new clients how many rebooked um how much gross they produce for the shop and also retail now we all can see each other's figures yeah and for me i'm very open of what they're bringing into the shop to what they're getting paid just so they have an they, they have an understanding of like okay so this is what you're making in the shop but you don't get paid there because i've got to pay for lease electricity products alcohol you know you name it like i pay for everything to help these boys build up yeah but it's not about making money right now mm. you know this is the investing part absolutely you know, i don't want my staff to leave i want them to be motivated and inspired to hopefully open up their own shops or or take on and mentor another barber you know like that's that's what i like doing. yeah absolutely i like teaching yeah um you know what they say um if you want to go fast go alone if you want to go far go together mm. you know and i i feel like you know like our team will only expand and get bigger because our barbers aren't leaving going anywhere yeah you know like i as a boss i don't consider myself a boss you know i consider myself the one with the most experience you know so I will get down on my knees and I'll scrub my barber chair just like all this stuff. Mm. You know, I'll mop the floor. Yeah. I'll clean. You know, I'll stay after hours just like these boys do too. You know, like just, just the other day, um, Mecca, he was, hey, do you mind if I work half an hour, an hour later to cut some more clients here? Um, you don't have to pay him for it. I just want to squeeze them in. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, of course you can. You know, yeah. like he's not even getting paid extra to do that. Yeah, exactly. Um, and... A lot of you boss, like a lot of you barber owners, like one thing you know, I would, if you want your staff to stay, you know, have some accountability. You know, like pay them a wage, or give them some security. You know, like I, I give these boys a base rate, so then that gives me accountability of trying to fill their time, their 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 appointments in. You know, which this is why I market them on my social media. That's why I spend the money on on a website and a buyer on, on each barber. Now for the barbers, for their accountability, I give them also a monthly commission. So they can make whatever they want to make if they put in the, the, the mm. time and the effort. So we're both working together. You know, if they don't hit their bonuses, that's not my problem. You know, like what they say, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make it drink it. So I give these guys a base rate. So they're on a full-time wage every week but they also can earn a lot more money in bonuses. Mm. And that's what we try and do, you know? Yeah, I love it. Yeah. I reckon it's, it's, yeah, I really like what you're doing with the team here, mate. I, and again, we are very much like, we don't get involved in shops. That's not my forte. Yeah. And it's like, I don't want to be. I know the academy and I know the education side of it. And that's the one thing which, and why we're doing the podcast we're very and similar, stuff like I that. Think, Absolutely. How we think. Yeah. And I guess, with me, like, like I'm happily like when we have other um, other guys on apprentices, I would definitely be going to uh, Barber Academy. Yeah, 
I think it's the principles, but just the fundamental of mm. like, you're not just getting people and push them out next, next, next. You know, like I've spoke to a lot of a lot of the um, students who who have studied at, um, at the Barber Academy, and honestly, none of them feel pushed, rushed. Yeah. You know, sometimes it's it's on them. Like they finished course, and you know, and they kind of like, oh, you know, I might like that's so inspired. Once I've finished a course of yours, they want to open up a shop. Yeah, I know. Yeah. It's like, whoa, whoa, hold up. You yeah. need to do some experience. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, whoa, whoa, whoa. no, no, no. I finished a course. I'm going to open a shop. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and that, that, that's cool. Yeah. You know, because a lot of them are so inspired and you want to keep that, that, that flame, keep burning. Yeah. You know, and, and inspire them. And for me, it's, it's cool to see, you know, like these barbers who just, you know, like you were kind of giving them a passage, you know, like it's not Absolutely. just about cutting hair work for this guy and that's it yeah you know like you know and i guess um i will work closely with you guys because i like i enjoy just i enjoy that that, that feeling of them achieving yeah absolutely you know? i mean that's why we do it like proud dad moment exactly yeah. it is it's like even just walking in and seeing josh's certificate it's like Fuck yeah, that's yeah, sick. Yeah, it's just flexing. Yeah, you know? no, exactly. Yeah. It's really cool. And also a side thing. We have masterclasses coming with Nick as well, which we've been trying to do for <laughs> so long. But finally, it's starting to settle in, especially yes. more around this side of stuff, like that business, mental yeah, side yeah, of yeah, thing. Yeah. Like, so. I want to I wanna get barbers out of their headspace of cutting hair and all about like the more cuts, the more money you make. Because mm. you will burn out. There's only a certain amount of hours in a day. And if you just concentrate on like squeezing more clients in for more money, you're gonna burn out or you're gonna hate the industry we're in. Yep. If you if you just change your tactics and I will give you some, you know, step by steps and you know, just how to even how to introduce products or even upsell or even rebooking your clients, you know, that can take the pressure off you know, making money every week. Yeah, absolutely. There's, there's heaps of we little tricks and trades that, you know, over the 17 years and me working in numerous salons um, and barber shops. I worked in, you've, you know, chop shops. I've worked in boutique, high, high standard um, salons. I've worked in, you know, a lot of franchise um, barber shops, salons. I've worked in uh, standalone barber shops. I've worked in more salons and barbershops mm. i've done them all and i picked out every bit of piece of all of them to to make my own little shop you know? that's exactly what we're trying to tell the students i think that might be the cut of what we use for our students because that that's one thing i tell them it's like go and try out as much as you can like don't like go to a shop every single week but it's like try and target what you want to be in mm-hmm. um because yeah that that's the thing it's like they, i think a lot of them see these like hour and 30 minute cuts nick and they go like yeah that's what that's what mine's gonna be but i'm like well you gotta realize the people who are doing those cuts they did the 20 minutes in and out they've done the luxurious salons they've done everything and that's what they've built up to is that so yeah that's what we're really trying to get across to them is like you've got to do the you've got to do all of these yeah you have to because you don't know unless you know and i talked to a lot of like new uh, up and coming barbers and they're just so like, no, this is what I'm doing. Yeah. And they're already thinking of how they're fitting out their shop and their persona. And it's like, well, if you're dressed in shorts, singlet, 
and thongs at work, you really think <laughs> you're going to get the high-end clients. Yeah. You know, like, literally, I dress to impress. Mm. And, like, who wouldn't feel like a boss getting a new haircut from a barber who's dressed in a three-piece suit? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know? It's very true. Yeah, yeah. It is very true. And I cater, I cater to staff, you know. I cater to, to my clientele. You know, I've got clients who bring in their partners. I'll ask their partners, do you want a drink? Are you comfortable? You know, do I turn off the air con because it's too cold in here? Yeah. You know, like, it's, it's not just about me and you coming into my shop and it's like, I'm flexing like, hey, you're in my shop now. Yeah. No, it's, it's, not, it's like, I'm, I'm here to host. Absolutely. I want you to feel comfortable in here. Yeah. You know, that's what it's about. Yeah, I love that. All right, one last one. I promise. <laughs> and then we'll wrap this up. One last one. All right, what is next for Connolly and Cole, mate? What is next? Um, in, a, in only 14 months, we've kind of overgrown this. We, um, we're we trying to add more hours, and I've only got three chairs. So the beauty with three chairs is we're literally running them at max. Mm. Um, so obviously another shop you know and we're going to be going basically we're going to hit new south wales you know um we want to hit that end you know i'm thinking Coolangatta, Corumban, you know um kingscliff tugan tweed that's the next spot around there just so we can kind of get you know a bigger audience and you know just show them who, who colin covers you know i love it yeah that's so cool. And we will be mixing in and collaborating with um, the Barber Academy as well. Absolutely. Know, working very closely with them. Uh, I do love their, uh, their core values and principles. And I'd love to, you know, kind of get something going on together. Absolutely. Yeah, I think we're cool. Yeah, there's some big things happening. Yeah. There's yeah, some yeah, very yeah. big things happening. Excited. So, yeah, it's going to be awesome. Yeah. Mate, thank you so much for your time. Awesome. Sorry. Honestly, you're a legend, Damn. my friend. Thank you so much. <laughs> guys, thank you for um, listening, watching. Nick, how's the best way for the guys to keep on following your um, story? If you want to follow us on uh, Instagram, uh, it's called Connolly and Co Barbers. And Pete will put it across yes. the bottom because he's a legend. We're, we're located in Rabina in Gold Coast. Um, but yeah, any questions, um, hit us up. Like Just DM or comment on any of our posts um, and we will get back to you. I promise you. Awesome. I Sweet. love it. Thank you guys. Awesome. Thanks man. See you. Yeah. Get out my way. Get out my way.